You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast. On the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Gotta clear the old pipes out. (laughs) Welcome! What's up, Theater Geeks? What is up? Welcome to the show. We, I I mean, it hasn't (laughs) even been that long, but you know. It's, Wait. it's, it's the weather changes. I oh, think man. it's the allergies. Totally. It, no, that is absolutely what it is. Cause it's yeah. not, and it's not, I'm not sick. It literally is just, there's been a frog living in my throat for the last several weeks that sometimes I have to evict. And then he comes right back. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it's terrible. The worst. Yeah. But like, okay. And I, I guess we shouldn't really complain. I was talking to a coworker about this. This is the first year in a very long time that we've actually had a spring. And our spring, like the spring has been very long. So every flower has erupted from the earth. Yeah. There are daffodils and croci and uh, tulips everywhere, right? But yeah. that also means an influx of pollen and other you know, environmental allergens in the air. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, a cherry blossom tree um that's like walking distance between Pamela and I like if I were to walk to her house I'd have to pass it and it's done the two cherry blossom color so it was pink yeah. all the pink ones fell off and now yep. all the white ones are on and I'm like <laughs> that is a lot of pollen yeah a lot of pollen yeah and there's already there we have those kind of trees and I don't know what they're called but mm-hmm. they're the kind of trees that like any gust of wind and a just a plume of green powder yeah like yellowish green powder comes off and it coats the cars yeah and it, like it coats everything I have no idea what kind of tree that is but those will normally make their appearance but then summer turns and it's gone right well right. not this time because spring has been elongated and we've also had these several days of like just heavy winds yeah yeah it's like you can't win and I'm wearing a mask too still yeah same still still gets same what do you know I know I know oh well (laughs) it's like I I am okay with this weather because it's not super hot right and it's still a little too crispy for the bugs to show themselves 
Yeah. And that's when I start hating warm weather yeah. is the moment the bugs come out. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I have to wear bug spray to go to the bodega around yeah. the corner. And I'm not here for that. Well, and it's not just bug spray. Like I'm also like, I always the wear, sun, you have also need face. sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like I always wear it on my face. That's easy. But like, then right. I have to slather my, in- everything else that's showing. Yeah. And it's summer, so it's hot. So I've got a lot showing and it's just the grossest, like you're hot and sweaty and they're also sticky. And then you've got to spray bug spray on top of that. It's like nasty. I hate it. I don't like it either. (laughs) I simply do not like summer. No, me neither. I, one of my friends told me, you know, there is something that's the opposite of, um, see like seasonal oh, affect seasonal yeah yeah and so like for people like us who hate who hate summer mm-hmm. like there's there's a seasonal affect disorder like for us because yeah. like I don't I can't <laughs> say I get depressed but I do get like serious anxiety in June yeah yes. because I'm like oh it's coming and I'm really scared about it and then the bug bites start and yeah. it's hot and I do I get a lot of anxiety and then I battle like pretty severe anxiety on and off for like the rest of the summer. Okay. Um, and then it goes away like at around like late August, it goes okay. away. I don't get anxious. I get angry. <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time controlling my anger. Like I turn into a toddler. I don't want to, I don't want to go outside. It's hot. I don't feel good. I don't like it. It's that kind of, it's awful. (laughs) But it's true. And I can see it. I can hear myself saying these things, but I cannot stop it because my body is just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So for I know we're in the minority, like so many people <laughs> love summer, but then I get annoyed because those same people have the nerve to complain. And yeah. I'm like, I don't want to hear you. Yeah, no, you, you don't, don't get, get to, to speak because mm-hmm. you've been complaining about fall and winter. So you know what? Yeah. Get those bug bites. Get sunburned. <laughs> this is what you asked for. So I don't want to hear it. I get to yes. complain because I have told you I hate this mm-hmm. from jump. So, but right. you don't get to complain because you said this is what you wanted. <laughs> so suck it up and deal with it. That's how I feel about people who say they like summer. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. You said you <laughs> like this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I will say there are a few things that I like about summer. One mm-hmm. being that the honeysuckle is in bloom and it smells delicious. Yeah. Honeysuckle smell great. But that's about it. I know. <laughs> And I, okay. I will say, I also do like being able to leave the house with fewer steps. Like I don't right. have to wear a scarf, hat, coat, boots, all of that. And the dogs don't have to wear their coats. So like we can right. just grab the leashes and go. Right. But even then, I don't think that's enough of a motivation for me to like really enjoy myself. I know. <laughs> I awful. know. I know. I mean, I, the thing I, the one thing that like helps my anxiety is looking forward to Shakespeare in the park. Cause I, okay. bef- in the before times I did that every summer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to let us line up and I stink it winning the lottery. So <laughs> who knows if I'll get to go. And yeah. if that's taken away from me, 
what is there for the summer? Like, screw you, summer. You've taken the one thing I enjoy. I know, right? Are they still doing like Bryant, uh, Broadway and Bryant Park? I don't know, but that's like the middle of the day when I work. So that's like, I can't enjoy that. The height of the hot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this at 12 or one when it's the hottest time of the day. No, thank you. No, thank you. Even with all of my sunscreen, I still got burnt the one year I went. (laughs) I'm my own reflector. Oh, I will say I'm very excited this year. So normally, uh, the last two years I've missed it, but normally I've told, I've talked about this before. My dad and mom will get, uh, music festival tickets for the hangout festival in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yeah. And then I'll go and sit on the beach and send my parents off to their music festival. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's been like a, an annual thing. And it's most of the time, it's just been the three of us. But every once in a while, like other family members will join and it's really oh, super so fun. Nice. Well, my parents just had their 50th anniversary in December. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we're going to be going back to Gulf Shores, not for the hangout festival, but to spend a nice week long vacation with not all of the family, but uh, my brother's family, me and my parents to celebrate their Aww. 50th. The problem is normally it's in May, which is kind oh, of the no. perfect time. Yeah, right before it gets real crazy. Exactly. So it's now it's going to be the first week in June, which isn't terrible, but it is definitely going to be hotter. It's definitely going to be a little more crowded. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but they usually what we'll usually do is get a beach house on um, Fort Morgan, which is a peninsula. Mm-hmm. So because it's a peninsula and because it's further out from like the big public beaches that everyone wants to go to, it is a little bit more private. I mean, there's still definitely people there, but Mm. these are all like private houses and their own beach space. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. So even taking it, like I'll take a walk up and down the beach and you'll run into, you know, dozens of people, but it's not like a big crowd of people on a, on a public beach. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my nightmare. Same. Yeah. Same. I just decided for, so that like day after my birthday is mother's day. That's a whole thing for me. Yeah. Um, and so, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the Hamptons. Cause I've been here like what well, I don't a very long time and, uh, <laughs> I've never been so, awesome. so, and, and it's when it's still chilly, so I can wear jeans and a sweatshirt and yeah. sit on the and beach the sun hat. Yeah. And, and <laughs> guess what? Hardly anyone's going to be there because yes. I'm going to go on like a Monday nice. and and it's still chilly. Like, that's <laughs> how I like it. Right. Yeah. No heat, you know, nobody, mm-hmm. no people. And uh, it's going to be great. And yeah. I'll probably have one other beach time because in the summer to visit my sister and bring a couple of the kiddos. But nice. I just. Yeah, <laughs> I we- agree with you. Um, when I was in Wicked, we went to San Francisco. We were there for part of the tour and Ooh. I can't remember the time of year, but I do remember it being on the chilly side. So it probably was like over Christmas or like okay. in that time of year. Yeah. But my friend and I went to Alcatraz uh, and then from there went on to Sausalito and it was the best time to do it because literally no crowds and like you could just <sighs> walk into any storefront and it was fine. You didn't have to wait in lines. The Love ferry it. was the easiest thing in the world. It was really lovely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
I am driving just so I can like, you know, drive to different little towns and stuff. But yeah, it was like, let's go before, you know, Memorial Day and like prices amp up and there's too many people and I'm miserable and bitter. Are you staying overnight? Yeah. So I found like this little, um, this little Airbnb. It's like this, it's the studio, which is perfect for me. There were others that were less money that were bigger, but like I, what I liked about it is that it has like a little, like a little very large pond. It looks almost like a lake in the back. And so I was like, great. I want to sit by the water and eat takeout. (laughs) (laughs) and have coffee and then you know it's like gated it's super secluded nice so I then I'll drive out and you know go amongst the people but early enough that there are very few people because I'm an introvert (laughs) and I don't want a whole lot (laughs) sounds nice yeah that'll be a good birthday yeah yeah it will it totally will so (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, we should, we should get to our, our little, our little show. Mine's pretty short and sweet. So that was a good little intro for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm doing the show Lucky Stiff. Uh, It's a little bit of a departure from what we normally do only because Lucky Stiff never actually made it to Broadway, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess would put it firmly in the category of a flop. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, as normal, the sources that I have used are Wikipedia, uh, broadway.fandom.com. And there are others I will mention as I go along. Awesome. So Lucky Stiff is a musical farce, which was the first collaboration for the team of Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty. Lynn wrote the book and lyrics. Stephen wrote the music. Patron Saints. Yes, completely. And I'm going to go into some details here because Aaron's and Flaherty have been creating amazing musical theater Mm -hmm. since 1988. And a sampling of their shows include Once on This Island, one of my favorites, (laughs) my favorite year, Ragtime, Mm -hmm. Susical, A Man of No Importance, which is, again, it's just one of those musicals that I love so dearly, Mm -hmm. Rocky, and Anastasia. They both wrote the music for the film as well as the Broadway show. Yeah. They have loads of nominations and awards, including Emmys, Grammys, Academy Awards, Outer Critics Circle Awards. But here is the list of Tonys. So in 1991, they were nominated for Best Book of a Musical and Best Original Score for Once on This Island. And for 1998, they won Best Original Score for Ragtime. Lucky Stiff is based on a 1983 novel called The Man Who Broke the Bank at Monte Carlo by Michael Butterworth. The musical was created and played, uh, oh, excuse me, and performed at Playwrights Horizons Off-Broadway in April of 1998. Excuse me, April of 1988. It played 15 performances and it won the Richard Rogers Award that year. In 1994, it had its British debut at the Royal uh, Theatre Royale. And in 1997, West End hosted a production directed by Stephen Dexter, starring Francis Raffel, Paul Baker, and Tracy Bennett. It was revived for five performances as part of the York Theater's Musicals in Mufti staged concert series in I like October. York. I do too. Yeah. Um, that was in October of 2003 with several of the original cast, um, uh, meaning the Playwrights Horizons cast members, including Mary Testa and Paul Zagnett. 
and starring Malcolm Getz and Janet Metz, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But it has not at this time been a Broadway production. So that's why it's the departure from what our normal episodic Mm. fare is. But I'm hoping that it'll still be enjoyable nonetheless. So the plot of Lucky Stiff is Harry Witherspoon is an Englishman who sells shoes for a living and is tired of his life, wanting some change. He receives a letter saying that his uncle Tony Hendon has died and has left Harry something. When meeting with his uncle's lawyer, Harry also meets his uncle, who is a body in a wheelchair. The lawyer gives Harry his uncle's last will and testament, which reads, Atlantic City, May 5th. Dear Nephew Harry, this is my last will and testament. I hope it finds you in better health than it does me. Ha ha. Not kidding. That was written out. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, we never met. So I hope you won't be too surprised when you hear the little favor I want. In return for my $6 million, I want to go to Monte Carlo. I want to go to Monte Carlo on vacation. The plans are made. The restaurants are booked. Everything is paid in advance. All you have to do is guard me and this heart-shaped box on my lap with your life. You're probably thinking, impossible, right? A taxidermist friend of mine has fixed me up so no one will notice a thing. Just pass me off as your dear old invalid uncle and follow the instructions on the tape. There's nothing to it. Otherwise, I'll leave it to all of my uh, all to my favorite charity, the Universal Dog Home of Brooklyn. So, Harry, what do you say? That's the end of the letter. Harry then agrees to this, although he doesn't know that the box his uncle has contains the six million dollars. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, a woman named Rita Laporta sees her brother Vinny DiRuzio and tells him that how in the newspaper it says an Englishman inherits six million dollars. Rita confesses that she was having an affair and her lover's name was Tony Hendon. He managed her husband's casino and they embezzled $6 million in diamonds in a heart-shaped box. Oh, I know. (laughs) Love it. She saw a woman leaving his apartment and she was enraged and went up to him and shot him dead accidentally because she didn't have her glasses, which annoys her brother, who is an eye doctor. (laughs) She pleads with Vinny that he has to go to Monte Carlo to find this man and how he needs to, uh, and how he needs that she needs to come too. Oh, I'm sorry. She's going to go to Monte Carlo to find this guy and Vinny has to come too. Okay. He asks why she tells him that her husband, Nikki questioned her, but she didn't know what to do. The money was gone and Nikki caught like caught on. And so she blamed it on Vinny. And now Nikki may have a contract on his life (laughs) on Vinny, the brother's life. And please forgive me. The way that I'm reading this is very musical because it's basically the lyrics of one of the songs. (laughs) As I'm reading it, I'm also singing it in my head. (laughs) So while in Monte Carlo, Harry meets Annabelle Glick, who represents the Universal Dog Home of Brooklyn. She informs him that she is up to follow him uh, and to make sure that Tony's will is followed. And if one slip up happens at all, the money will immediately go to the dogs. And one of the things that it's not mentioned here is that Harry absolutely hates dogs. So I'm sorry, Harry, I can't get behind you. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) So Harry is followed by Annabelle all the way to Monte Carlo, all the way to the casino, redefines them. And act one ends with a gun pointed straight at Harry Witherspoon. (laughs) 
So I didn't actually write down act two for some reason, or maybe it's just missing. So I'm going to do it from memory and it's not going to be the full version because basically it's a farce. So you've got lots of slamming doors and lots of missed connections and lots of um, uh, not, not knowing who people are in their various um, ways, but at the end of the play, the end of the musical, Rita discovers that Tony is actually not dead that he is the guy in the wheelchair, but he's not dead and he's not taxidermied. They take the $6 million and go off together to live happily ever after. I am not sure what happens with Vinny, the brother. Um, So the (laughs) uncle lied? He was alive the whole time? He was alive the whole time. But they had to fake his death because Nikki, Rita's husband, was trying to find out where his $6 million was. So they had to fake his death, but Rita didn't know. Right, exactly. And I think... I can't remember the details on who the woman is that she claimed that she saw leaving Tony's room, which is why she shot him. But it had something to do with faking his death in order to deal with it. But then because she shot him, that was the perfect opportunity. But she didn't actually kill him when she shot him. She just thought she did because she didn't have her glasses on. I love a crime (laughs) with a, you know, I love a crime story with a twist ending. It's so fun. And it's so like 1950s, you know, like the Christie musical. It's very Mm -hmm. fun. Um, And then Annabelle Glick, who is the one that's following Harry around for the dogs, Annabelle and Harry fall in love and they go off together. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun one too. He likes dogs now too, right? I guess I think he does, but I don't okay. remember the tide. Again, I've not seen this. So all of the information I have in my head is just from listening to the cast recording and reading the libretto. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the creatives involved here are Tommy Walsh as the director choreographer. He is also very well accomplished. And in fact, we've spoken about him on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. For- involvement in Rachel Lily Rosenblum and don't you forget it in 1973 (laughs) to refresh your memories Tommy made his debut Broadway debut in Seesaw in 1972 was in the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar as the Apostle Thaddeus and originated the role of Bobby in a chorus line Walsh soon left his dancing career to concentrate on choreography, direction, and musical staging, and those credits include The Best Little Horror House in Texas, 1940s Radio Hour, A Day in Hollywood, A Night in the Ukraine, Nine, and My Favorite Year. The cast at its origin included Stephen Stout as Harry, Julie White as Annabelle, Stuart Zagnet. you know what? I said Paul Zagnet earlier. I meant Stuart Zagnet. I am very, Mm. very sorry as Vinny, Mary Testa as Rita, uh, and in May of 1989, Lucky Stiff was produced at the Olney Theater in Olney, Maryland, starring Evan Pappas as Harry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, It won... So, oh, so just so we're getting the timeline correct, uh, in 1988 was when this was put on at Playwrights Horizons. Okay. 1989 was when they brought it to the Olney and that's when Evan Pappas starred as Harry. It also won the Helen Hayes Award for Best Actor in a Musical then. And then in 1994, so this is five years after that, mm-hmm. a studio cast recording was produced with Pappas as Harry, Judy Blazer as Annabelle, Jason Gray as Vinny, Mary Testa performing again as Rita, Debbie Shapiro, uh, Shapiro Gravit or Gravit, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that, as Dominique, 
Paul Candle as Luigi and Patrick Quinn as the Monte Carlo MC. So Ebony and I were talking before we started this um, program because some of the information she had found accidentally about Mm. Lucky Stiff uh, in a book by Peter Felicia was that it was well received, that it did well. And she- No, this is Mark. No, this was Mark Robinson's book. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Musical Misfires. Okay. So she was looking up Lucky Stiff in that book and it just was kind of mentioned along with some Mm. other musicals that had also done well. So she asked me, are you sure that this was a flop? And I can guarantee that it was a flop because it Mm. didn't make it past those basically 15 performances plus five performances, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Over, you know, over a five-year period. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really critiques by the critics that were the nonplussed ones. Everybody else, I think audience members really loved it. Yeah. It was well-received for what it was, but, and I'll give you an example here from the New York times. Um, So April 27th, 1988 was when this was written. It says, given the musical's playful ambitions, one would love to report that Lucky Stiff yielded as many howls as its unseen canine core does. It doesn't. Farce, with or without an overlay of crime, is murder to write. And not without reason has musical farce been almost extinct since Mr. Sondheim and his collaborators triumphed with Forum. But the authors of Lucky Stiff, Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty, should be cherished both for their promise and for their willingness to embrace old-style musical comedy silliness and romance without apologies. Though teetering between the uneven and the exasperating, Lucky Stiff is the work of writers who, with seasoning and much tougher editing and direction, might give their generation its own bells are ringing or pajama game. Now that is spot on because they did. They gave gave us in spades. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did. But I also kind of understand what this critic was saying. You know, he's saying it's, it's a difficult genre to write And when you get it right, you get it right. And when you get it wrong, it is horrible. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, and he's not saying that it's horrible. He's saying that it just didn't land. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, that's a little bit disappointing. And I think that's maybe why it it wasn't really able to get its feet and move to a bigger venue. Yeah, yeah. There was a movie that was made in 2015, and it had a very similar reception. It was panned, but unlike the show, it was panned by audience and critics alike. I have not seen it, <laughs> but the trailer- This is, is the first time heard of it. Lucky okay. Stiff from 2015. Yeah, I remember when it came out and thinking, I'm super excited to see this, but I do also remember watching the trailer at that time and going- yeah. mm, I don't want to see it anymore. (laughs) If you get a chance, watch the trailer. It's available online. It's not great. It's something, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where sometimes when you have like, okay, perfect example. If you've read a book and you love a book and then they make the book into a movie, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. almost always kind of guaranteed to be a little disappointed because 
you read this book and your experience with this book is in your own mind and your own imagination and your own experiences. And so then when that's translated to a movie version with someone else's interpretation, with someone else's imagination and someone else's, you know, ideas of what it should be and what it should look like, it's just not going to be the same. And so it's a little bit, it's a disappointment to what, you know, and, and not always, sometimes like with Harry Potter movies, I was really impressed with how they did it. And there were some things that disappointed me, but on the whole, I was really pleased with, you know, how those books were translated to the movie, movie screen. Um, in this case, I don't think I would have been at all interested in seeing this movie. Uh, oh, can I, can I tell you, um, can I tell you just a little bit because about the movie? Cause I'm on it's Wikipedia. Sure. And there's like a ton of theater people yeah. involved in it, which was like really surprising. So um, it was directed by Christopher Ashley. Yeah. And it that's the same gentleman who did Come From Away, right? I believe Am so. Am I wrong? I think so. Um, let me go. I was taking a sip of water. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it is him because about. he okay. was artistic director at La Jolla. Okay. Um, as well. So that he directed it. And then the screenplay was by Lynn Aaron's. Mm -hmm. And then like, just to like, just to highlight a few theater people that were in it. Nikki M. James was playing Annabelle Glick. Jason Alexander was playing Vinny. Um, Catherine Schindel was playing Dominique. Jane Howdy Shell. I just did something no one can see, but I love her. <laughs> so I just had to like, uh, she played Harry's landlady. Cheyenne Jackson was the MC. Jennifer Cody was Mary Alice. Um, Kevin Chamberlain, Fred Mayhew, the third Chrissy Whitehead, Miss Coco Blankship. So, yeah, you know, you had it was filled with the talent. Yeah. It, that doesn't always, of course, no. mean it's going to be good, unfortunately. Yeah. We've seen a few like that just I mean, in the past two years. Uh, yeah, no kidding. There might come a day where I watch it, like if I've got a little extra time and I'm like, eh, what do I want? Maybe wanna... we add that to our musical flop movie list. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Um, you know, but like, I guess. And also watching the trailer, the trailer is like three minutes long. So it basically oh, wow. shows you the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And also, okay, there's something that musical film does to musical theater comedies where it turns it into something that is far more earnest than it was ever intended to be. Right. Yeah. And so like the one song that I was singing earlier when I was telling you the story Mm -hmm. It's called Rita's Confession. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. It's Mary Testa. I love Mary Testa. I do too. I love her so much. She is a bigger woman who was cast in these roles regardless of the way that she presented. And so like, she was like one of those people that I could look at and be like, okay, I can do this. But her, the first line of the song is, I was having an affair. Like that was how, that's how it starts. <laughs> And Vinny goes, an affair, an affair. And his, and my lover's name was Tony Hendon. He managed my husband's casino. He wore a tux. I was crazy. For, you know, like he, she's telling all of this stuff. And it's a very mm. conversational and very, very funny. In the trailer, she's just saying 
all of those mm-hmm. things. There's not a song to it, or maybe there is a song, but it comes later. But like, that's my favorite song of the whole show. <laughs> and so for you to like break it down into yeah. just dialogue, like the whole reason it's funny is because they're singing at each other. Yeah. Ugh. I don't yeah. know. It's just I, my two cents. I, I like, you know, some people who are very talented often have difficulty translating a musical into film. You know, it's, it's, it's not always successful. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, but like to me, so I absolutely loved Tick, Tick, Boom. And I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet. Gotta be ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, is like, you know, he Lynn's never directed anything except, you know, like things he did when he was a kid or whatever. And so I think oftentimes like the thing is to like find the way in to tell the story that makes sense for this whole other type of, um, yeah, this whole other type of medium. Yeah. And, and that's what he did. He was like, okay, but I can't just take that musical and just put it as is on film. I have to find the way in. Yeah. And, and um, I think, I think oftentimes people struggle with that. Like they, they can't figure out how to, and, and if you can't figure out how to do that, oof, it's going to be a tough ride the whole Mm -hmm. film if you don't figure out the way in well and farce is already like that like if you don't hit the ground running with a farce if you don't have the audience right from go and you keep that rhythm going yeah then you you it is interminable yeah it is it is the worst feeling in the world to be a performer in a farce where you haven't captured the the audience it is awful (laughs) it's awful But it's also less enjoyable for the audience too. Yeah. To a certain extent, they have to be in that with you, in that rhythm. And if they're not in that rhythm, it's like they're either being pummeled or they're being left behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's challenging. And I guess if the critics can be believed, um, and why wouldn't they be? You know, they're as experienced as as anybody in in the theater world. Um, you know, if the show already was not quite meeting the parameters of what a farce is and what a farce can be then moving it to the screen is really only going to put a big old magnifying glass to the things that we're already lacking so I'm just going to finish up with my hot take here okay uh yeah I can't recall exactly when I purchased the cd (laughs) (laughs) but I loved the cast recording I loved it the premise is hilarious it's like weekend at Bernie's meets dirty rotten scoundrels and I <laughs> I just realized that weekend at Bernie's needs to become a musical like tomorrow <laughs> we need like a whole 1980s movies made into musicals on Broadway <laughs> I'm convinced though that every 1980s movie would be a, an amazing musical anyway <laughs> I digress <laughs> My favorite song, as I just mentioned, is called Rita's Confession. Mary Testa as Rita confesses to her optometrist brother that she accidentally shot her lover after stealing $6 million from her husband because she wasn't wearing her glasses. 
I'm just going to let that land. I'm going to say it again <laughs> and I'm going to give it the beat it deserves. She confesses to her optometrist brother that she accidentally shot her lover after stealing $6 million from her husband because she wasn't wearing her glasses. The show is clever and it's pretty, <laughs> at least so far as the recording portrays. And that critics didn't seem to feel its cleverness transferred to the stage is so sad, in my opinion. I hope that one day it can find its way back on stage, find its audience and be loved. What, was it never was it never a New York City center like off center no. production? Like no, sounds like um, the perfect place for it. I think so too. The closest it made, like I said, was at the Mufties. Okay. Um, because I mean, Playwrights Horizons is in New York, but mm -hmm. it's not. I don't. Is is it considered off Broadway? Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, then yeah. never mind. It did make it to off Broadway. Um, I just think it's it's got so much potential. It's got so it's it's there. It's all yeah. there. It is so. It's such a fun show. And it's a small cast, like it doesn't, it doesn't need more than just a proscenium and a stage like, you know, and I think I, we've talked about that before. We've gotten so far away from the simplicity of musical theater comedy Yeah. Uh, and the simplicity of just being able to tell the story with bodies on stage. Um, and I just, like, I think we're so due for that kind of you know renaissance <laughs> of musical comedy yeah i it's funny i feel like there's some plays that have that feeling mm -hmm. you know that i've seen like chicken and biscuits has that feeling of like it's not a musical but yeah. like it has it's could be you know it feels like the 39 steps, like this felt to me a bit like the 39 steps, yes. which is like also a play, but like, I'm actually surprised it's not a musical yeah. or yeah. if it's not that it's not based on a like, or there's not right. a musical out there that's already based on that story. Like, it right. seem like I'm sure there probably is. It's been playing for decades. Yeah. 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 I love the 39 <laughs> steps. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I it's interesting. There's a few like plays that have that musical sort of mm -hmm. quality, but yeah, I feel like um new musicals do not as often have that same yeah. farcical, you know, yeah. feeling. Which um, is fine. Like that is a whole genre all into it. Like that is its own little bubble. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy for it to stay that way because there is also there's my you know, my favorite kind of musical are the gothic kind of musicals, the Jekyll and Hyde and like the ones that are like dark and there is some humor to them. But like it's it's all emotion. Like I love those kind of musicals. But yeah. there is also just you I to go to see a musical that's short and sweet and witty and clever. And you're just smiling and laughing the whole yeah. time. Like there is a place for that. And I yeah. love that kind of musical theater as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just haven't. And I'm friends like, please message us if I am dead wrong, but I <laughs> feel like what I, what the most of the things that are coming out now are not yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it is old fashioned really because farce was something that came out in like the 1920s I think so it's not 
it's not unusual that we have moved on to more modern ideas and more modern ways of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really consider that theater as a whole came to us hundreds of years ago from yeah. people just trying to tell, you know, either their cultural history to other people or to, to within, within, within their own culture mm-hmm. or, you know, sharing Bible stories from one community to another, like that's really where theater started and that's where we took it from. So there, you know, there, there is going to be an evolution of, of this kind of stuff, but I think you're absolutely right in the way that we're telling stories now is very far removed from that kind of pitter patter rhythmic right. melody that you hear in those older kind of, and this isn't older, this is just right. based on older musicals, but like right. that kind of, I'm trying to think of like um Little Mary Sunshine, that kind of, mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of musical. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. You're very <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> She's here every week, friends. <laughs> Come back and listen. Sometimes I just sit in the Zoom meeting waiting for you to show up. <laughs> no, we don't. We, I, that it, I'm like, I have no idea what's said before I get here when I'm late. Cause it's like on automatic record. So it I have is. no idea. No. I mean, if you watch the video back, it's just me sitting on my phone watching TikToks. <laughs> waiting for you to come and visit me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. You can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash T-G-A-B-W-A-Y. Until next time, geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.